warning. What you will see in the movie Pieces cannot be revealed, cannot be described, cannot even be imagined. And you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Pieces, it's exactly what you think it is. Pieces, absolutely no one under 17 will be admitted. Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Pieces and Pieces 9, a minute-by-minute-ish podcast covering J.P. Simon's early 1980s slasher classic, Pieces. In this episode, as opposed to the last one where we went expansive, this one we're going to bring it in a little bit, we are covering minutes 31, 32, and the first 16 seconds of minute 33. Now again, this is the English version we're talking about. The Spanish version is about a minute ahead, a minute and a few seconds ahead. So this is the English version. Basically, we are covering the killer walking down the hall, which we saw at the very end of minute 30. As you hear some sort of music playing in the background, we'll hear some more of that music shortly. And then it goes to a bunch of gals uh, dancing in like a practice room at the college. And then one of them goes out to use the John, and he follows her, follows her, follows her until she gets to the John, but a friend of hers is there and welcomes her into the room, and he can't go in because it's the ladies' room. And that's where this episode ends. I guess it's interesting. I guess we would know whether or not the killer was um, uh, uh, identifying as, as sort of female or, or not by the fact that whether the killer followed her into the ladies' room. In the end, as a guy, you wouldn't follow her into the ladies' room. You'd try to find a better time to do that. But um, so I guess we know that the guy, uh, the killer's a guy, huh? Sorry about that. Is that a spoiler, everyone? Anyways, as we do, uh, what's going on? So, so that's what this minute covers. Uh, that's what this episode covers. And I know normally I try to go and nip minutes, but it just as we're, we're developing as we go here, folks. And at the start of this podcast, I would have gone an extra minute or stopped earlier. Now we're just going to, you know, 32 minutes and 16 seconds. And the next, um, the next episode, which goes to the police station, will begin 32-17. All right. So I'm going to play you a little bit of music in a moment. I just have one thing to point out to you. In the main body of the episode, which will be coming up in about a minute or so, minute and two minutes, you will hear me uh, disgusted with myself that I didn't stop to look what bit of library music from the soundtrack, which I have on CD in the Grindhouse uh, Blu-ray, what bit of library music was playing as the gals being followed down the stairs and down the hallways. Uh, the, the song that's playing on the English version, um, which you'll hear in a moment, isn't on the soundtrack, nor is the sort of generic... Broadway jazzy music that's playing on the Spanish version, and obviously the Spanish soundtrack is nowhere to be found. Uh, but you will hear me chastise myself for not having looked up what that music was. Oddly enough, I know what that music was. It was from Rosso Sangue, aka Absurd, Horrible, um, uh, Anthropophagus Two Monster Hunter, etc., etc., etc. I don't know. I mean, the music is is Carlo Maria, Carlo Maria Cordio. Did the music for I, I'm, I'm forgive me if I butchered that for Rosso Sangue, um, also known as Absurd and other names, and and the the cut you hear 
when she's running along there is it says it just says Rosso Sangue in parentheses M29. I don't know if that's minute 29 or what, because I know the the Rosso Sangue that I have has an Italian version and an English version, and the English version is like six minutes longer. So I haven't actually looked to see if that means minute 29 or whether that's some designation that they just put on the thing. I'll you know what I will check my absurd blu-ray before the next episode because we've got about three or four more of these coming up and they're all marked with m's something or other m something or other so let me check into that but yeah the music here you you would hear in these two minutes when the gal is being followed down the steps during the english version is from rasa sangue it's m29 and it's super cool music so let me just stop talking about that right now and i'm sorry within the body of the episode that i don't remember what i'm saying right now it's been a long year, folks, and I'm tired, so please forgive me and listen to this. There's really not much to these two minutes. It's sort of a warm-up for the killer, you know, kind of going after her later on. So we get to see, obviously, she's the next potential victim. I would, it, it's tough to tell from um, her her dancing around what, what body parts he's after. I mean, if he's grabbed, well, he's grabbed the torso, he's grabbed the head. Presumably, this is arms or legs. I would say legs, just from looking at the scene. Um, but he could prove me wrong. He's wily, this crazy killer. So, yeah, like I said, most of it, the, f the first half of it is kind of dancing around, and the second half is this gal being followed, and it intercuts the, the camera is in, in front of her as she's, like, coming down steps and going down hallways, and then, like, presumably the point of view of the killer, who's a good six feet or more behind her. Good boy. And, uh, but every once in a while you see his feet, and then, and, and then at one point you'll see his feet, and they're still. And then he suddenly starts moving as if he was like, ooh, I gotta hide here. And then go, or they edited it um, poorly. I can't tell. Um, in the Spanish version, you get a nice, creepy music going on in here, and you get the the do-do-do whenever it cuts to the killer's feet, and that piano thing is nice, and it's a bit of a variation of what it has been, but boy, it's getting a little tiring at this point. But it's still kind of fun. Um, whereas here we have the like, I forgot to look up what cue it was. You know what, let me, um, I will look that up, and uh, I will give you that cue um as a little uh, addendum or first thing next episode what what the cue that's playing here is it's nice nice eerie stuff from the library i think we're into the Rosso sangue the um uh, absurd uh, monster hunter anthropophagus 2 um horrible there must be more titles um uh music now but don't don't quote me on that um but i will i will get you i will get you what the cue the musical cue is i was so i was so busy with the other music the um comparing and contrasting that uh, comparing contrasting the 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 music the gals are dancing to in the english version which you just heard some of and which i would have put at the start of 
this, but I can't find the song anywhere else. And immediately after the first two lines, it cuts to the killer outside the, the room, looking into the room, watching the girls, heavy breathing. I don't hear him heavy breathing in the Spanish version, but in both versions, his enormous head with a huge hat fills up that little window in the room. So the fact, I mean, these gals are really focused. The fact that they don't see this suddenly, you know, um, sort of any light or anything coming in from through that window suddenly gets blocked up by this huge head. And the fact that when the dancing gal dances out, she doesn't see the kill, who is apparently a few feet away. But I guess that's part of the fun, part of the absurdity of it. I mean, it is a J.P. Simon film. We're not talking about reality here. We're talking about the J.P. Simon reality. So having the having the the look in is uh, him look through that window there is alternately creepy and absurd at the same time, and then when she steps out of the room and he's apparently like right there, um, maybe he's not. Maybe he is a distance away. Maybe the just because we're behind her doesn't mean it's always his point of view. It could be we could be um, mixing and matching the the point of views there. I don't know. Does it really matter? Um, sh- I mean, surely he would. I mean, he's he's like. You know, when he goes along, so surely, you know, she as she's kind of doing her little dance moves in this apparently empty place, which is very dark. I mean, this looks to me like it's nighttime, right? I don't know that it's... I, I somehow doubt that it's the same night that we've just been a part of, because this seems like a very late night session these gals are doing. Um, but the tricky thing is, you know, no, I was going to say the next scene... And which is why I made this only two minutes, 16 seconds. Immediately following the end of this, we go to Kendall at the, at the police station, having followed up on his, when you feel better, give me a call. So that could be the next day, and this could be later in the night. But then that implies, if you know the movie, that the killer immediately, after the interrogation scene, got his killer gear on and went to where he needed to go to observe this gal. Now, maybe he's observing a bunch of gals, like trying them out, auditioning them, as it were, like arms and legs and torsos and things like that. And maybe he's, maybe this is a week later. Maybe this is three days later. You know what, Kendall's, I, I, we don't know really Kendall at all, do we? I was going to say, I don't know if he's conscientious or not. I, I don't know if maybe the next day he had a busy day and he couldn't. Maybe this is, you know, maybe that scene with this, uh, when and Mary will show up and, and this reporter will be in the next batch. But maybe that's a couple days. I don't know why I'm going on about this so long. Who, who, who cares? You know, the interrogation ends. Let's say this. I mean, these, these halls, like what I remember of these from college is that during the day, they're really busy. They're filled with the music students, the dance students, the theater, all, the, all the folks, and they're using the rooms um, to, to practice. Um, the later you get in the night, the more um, you'll still get people there, but you won't get as many people there. And this, she's going through these hallways and down these staircases here, and there's no one there. So to me, this is, this is, this is late at night. This is a late night session and and again you know i'm i'm not going to i'm going to i'm going to stop on what time of the day this is or when is it in relation to the previous scene who cares i i'm going to give kendall a couple days to go see the the lieutenant so let's say this is the next night and the killer has gone out to do he's he's finished one and now maybe he takes a night off i don't know he's gone out to get the next of the body parts or to scout out the next of the body parts so that's that's one of the three things that that sits in my mind with this the second thing is I always thought the gals were doing aerobics, but I don't think so. I think they are doing choreography. I mean, now, like I said, this these are, and I, I, I don't know if you you all have experienced these. You know, where I went to college, I went, um, I went, I didn't go for for dance or or, or, 
or um, uh, theater or uh, music or, or that stuff. I went to film school. I wanted to go for writing, but my parents told me I could go to, I, when I went to college, I could major in anything I wanted except writing. So I did film school because I could do a lot of writing. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're a Joe Bob Briggs fan, you watch The Last Drive-In, you're thinking, he went to film school? I'm turning this off now because Joe Bob says that you people who went to film school aren't worth the water it takes to flush you into the sewer. Eh, he could be right. Uh, but uh, I did go, regardless, and I had a bunch of friends who were theater friends and musical people, and they would take me into these wonderful... And they were always... They were cavernous, and they were always semi-subterranean. Um, like, Because um, I remember like the, the music building, um, everything... Uh, the, the, the school was built on, on, a, on a hill, and so there were levels. And I've, I think I've said this before, but there were levels. And... And so if you looked at the music building kind of head-on, it was all like facing you and you walked in the front door. But then if you went around the back, there was a staircase down to a floor that was below everything else. And that was the first floor of the rooms. And then I believe there was another huge floor underneath that that was more rooms. And there were just these rooms and I don't... I don't know how they worked. I was only in a few of them. I had a friend who sang, and I went to see a lovely friend who sang, by the way. And um, I went to see her in the room a few times. Yes, it was just watching her sing. Um, you never know when a creep is going to stare into that little window, so you don't want get, to get into any business. But And, and they would just, you got the room, you use the room, you know? Um, I mean, it's akin to, like, when you see... Um, I forget the character's name, who practicing his piano in Black Christmas. Now, he has a much bigger... He was talking about the observatory and, you know, where he's practicing. And that's kind of a variation of that. You know, the folks have places where they can go to just sit and, and practice. You know, they don't... You know, it's not like... You know, like when we were doing films, you know, we had studios and we had editing suites uh, we could go to, but the studios were tough to rent, uh, and and so usually we were off trying to make our own spaces. But if you you, you know, when in music and the, the, these other places, and and in this film, the dance, whatever their chore, I don't know if it's a choreography class that's being led by the gal, the blonde gal who um with like the huge like leg warmery things on, and then she seems to have fishnets on, right? I was I was thought she just this was just bare leg, but at one point I was seeing her move and I thought fishnets, and then I couldn't take my eyes off of her thighs, and I've got another word that rhymes with eyes and thighs, which I was going to use right there, but I thought it was too much. I thought it was gilding the lily. I thought maybe it would become a thirty-eight special song or something like that. So I'm going to leave it there, but uh, it, it looks to me like either these gals are. Well, my first thought always was that they are. They are using one of these rooms for like like a late night aerobics class. But the thing is, there there are plenty of places like you you could have like in in whatever their 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 dorm was. There there's going to be a study room in there, or there's going to be a TV room or something. People used to like you know in the TV room tonight we're doing this or we're doing that. You know they could have easily used that rather than using one of these rooms, which are meant to be specifically for the students who are in these schools, not for people doing random aerobics. And with the music playing, running around, run, and the way they're moving, it does make them look like they're doing aerobics to me. Now. Well, that kind of breaks down is when you get into it, she's doing like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, which is more choreographed. And it looks it looks like they're doing a dance choreographed thing, but not to that music. The sort of big band swinging jazzy music that's on the Spanish um, uh, dub makes more sense. It doesn't... 
like with aerobics, if, if if they were doing aerobics, the music that's playing just to, is just to give a kind of rhythm, and they kind of work to the rhythm. Whereas if they're choreographing to it, they should be like really choreographing, and, and it should it should match up and be like wow. But there's nothing. It it looks like aerobics in the American version, but in the Spanish version, it looks like choreography. Not not perfect. There are a few moments where they seem a little off, or it seems a little strange, but. Watch the Spanish version with sort of the big band jazzy stuff and imagine that's choreography. It's choreography class or that's choreography for a show or something like that. And it makes, I think, more sense than these are just gals doing aerobics randomly in one of these rooms uh, rather than letting like dance students use the rooms. Um, now, having said all that, and then I will go on to my third thing with this, um, these two minutes, and then we're done. Yeah, this one. Did, did you like how, did you notice that the last episode covered six minutes, but was actually one of the shorter episodes? I was surprised at that too, when, when I when I posted it. I think it's because I didn't go on tangents. I think I, think I thought, this is going to go long anyway, so keep the tangents to a minimum. And the joy of a tangent is, that was a tangent in this episode about me trying not to go on tangents in the previous episode. Did you enjoy that tangent? And that was obviously a tangent of me going off about what that tangent was, and I'm going to stop there. But anyways, so the first thing is, what time of day is this? So when, when does this take place within the film? Obviously, it takes place in between the interrogation scene and Kendall going to the police station, but... but when you know uh, whatever um the the other is um why did i always think it was aerobics for so many years when i think it's clearly choreography i think probably the music the moment i heard the moment i p- watched this the first time with the spanish and i heard that sort of jazzy music playing i thought ooh, that doesn't work at all but then watching it again i was like oh wait actually that that works better than the other music because that seems to be what they're dancing to uh, be, because they're doing like big band, you know, like like Broadway dance style. St- I don't know the way it works, but they're not doing like they're not doing like the robot is running around. You could see me doing the robot. You do when here. They're not doing that, which you would expect them. They they wouldn't be dancing Broadway style to this synth heavy, distorted vocodery vocals, whatever the hell it is. Song. It just seems. Uh, that's why I thought they were doing aerobics. Because they were just, they just kind of got the rhythm. But the thing with aerobics is you kind of do like, isn't it like, to the side, two, three, four, to the left, two, three, four, one more, two, three, four, and up in the air, two, three, four, kind of thing. And I'm putting in too many words, you know, you know I'm not an aerobics instructor, but but it's more like that. Whereas this is like one, two, three, four, and then they all do something else, two, three, four, then they do something else, four, five, six, seven, eight, kind of thing. So that's... I think it's choreographed class or it's chore- choreography for something. Maybe it's the choreographed class led by... I mean, like I've, I've said before, and this is going to put me in, in, even in wor- worse um, um, for you folks who, who, who already think less of me after um, hearing this far into the episode. But yeah, we used to have, I think I, think I mentioned before, we had, we had a film directing class. And, um, and it, it was basically done in such a way there were something like 10 students in the class. And each week you were the director of the scene one person i was directed the first week i should have gone the second week because there were certain rules that we weren't told until after the first week was done um but then then the second week is someone else and then the third week it's someone else and um uh yeah it was it was and so so that could be the way the choreograph class is like you know this week jenny picked out this song and we're all gonna and that's the whole class 
And now we're all going to learn her choreography. And then during the class, you're going to perform it. And then next week, Carol's in charge. Oh, whoever. You know what I mean? Susan's in charge. Oh, Jenny and Susan, they're both dead. You know, and, and but, but you, know, you know what I mean. So so it, it's a choreography class or it's for a, a show. But I think it's a choreography class. I don't know the way they work. But I'm going to go off to that. And the third thing, and then we will wrap this up after I have a sip of coffee. Oh, yeah. The third thing is... How is this building laid out? The point of these rooms is that you they're stacked on top of one another. You know, it's like it's like it's it's like if you go in like an apartment building, it's just door after door after door after door. That's the way these are. It's, it's small room after small room after small room. After obviously if you're dancing the room is slightly bigger, but room after, if there's a piano the room is bigger than if you're playing the oboe, you know, and but maybe not. I don't wanna, you know, cheese any oboe players off or anything. They may demand the same acoustical space that a piano demands room after room after room hallway after hallway after hallway and like i said i I only went down there a few times it was pretty astounding to me to see like i don't know how many rooms dozens of rooms a hundred rooms i don't know and each one of them had someone in there practicing and practicing and practicing and it was awesome I know they didn't have writer's rooms. I know there weren't any rooms that I could go into and sit and quietly write. I had to go wherever I could to get my writing done. They should have done that. They should have had a place we could go quietly. I guess the library, but um, that's not quite the same. Although I did a lot of writing in the library. Anyways, um, so, so, so it's weird because the dancing girl steps out of the room. And immediately, I mean immediately, as in directly to her right, when she steps out of the room, there's a staircase. And the staircase, to me, it has the look of a we're-in-the-attic staircase. But then she goes down another staircase, which has a similar look to it, so I could, I could that could just be me. To me, the moment she goes down those steps, I instantly think, oh, this is that one exercise room at the very top. But then I also thought, where I went to school, all those rooms were on the bottom floors. The classrooms and stages and things were on the other, on the on the first floor and above. The the all the practice rooms are down below because they're practice rooms. Because you don't bring people into the practice rooms. You 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 have the bigger rooms, the nicer rooms are the rooms where everyone congregates, not just one person or half a dozen people to practice. They're practice rooms. You you put them underneath, you know, or you could put them way up on top, I guess. But the wacky thing is, she says, well. In the Spanish, she says, I got to do something. And apparently, I guess she's going to the bathroom, uh, restroom. And in this, in the English version, she says, I'm going to the John. Then she said, she scared the shit out of me. And I like um, how colloquial, wonderfully colloquial the dancing gal is in the English one. But she immediately steps out and goes down a flight of stairs. Then you see her dancing along. Then she goes down another flight of stairs. Then she goes down a hallway, rounds a corner, gets to the door. Her friend scares her. They go in the room. So the nearest restroom for ladies in this building is down a flight of stairs, traverse a hallway, down another flight of stairs, two more hallways, and there you go. That doesn't seem terribly convenient, does it? If these are meant to be the the places where you've got lots of people. and But the thing is, by the time she gets to like the second she goes on the second flight of steps like the room she's passing those don't look like those aren't the rooms those aren't the practice rooms those are like offices and things i'm wondering if maybe this is some sort of like special extra special room rather than a regular sort of rehearsal room i mean but it's laid out like a rehearsal room and it looks like a rehearsal room it's got the little window like the rehearsal room but it seems to be two flights and a half a floor away from and two flights and two hallways away from the restroom 
Now, I could understand if it's like one room at the top of the, the stairs, but why isn't there a restroom on that, that the next floor? I'm trying to think of buildings I was in when I was in college, and you had a restroom on every floor. I mean, it wasn't something like you went in a four-story building, you know, and it was like, oh, there's a restroom here, and maybe the library was like that. But this ain't the library. Maybe it is a library. Maybe I don't know. But it's just it's just weird to me that she's like, I got to go to the John. And then she goes down two flights of stairs, walks down three hallways to get the bed. That's 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 too far. That's not right. Now, granted, the point of this, again, is that it's a J.P. Simon film and it is absurd. So um, the fact that she's going so far to get the bathroom is now mm, I just had the thought. I just had the thought there have been times when I look a little privacy and hmm yeah that's true that could be it well but her friends in there and um in the american version she says come on in in the spanish version she says come on in i want to tell you something so maybe that's not even the restroom maybe that's just like a lounge or maybe that's a uh or something i don't know we only know that it's the john from the the english version the spanish version to say that she's going to a room maybe may say gals on it i i um I guess I'd have to look again, but but I always imagined that it was the restroom. But the fact that it's so far away means makes me think maybe it's not. Maybe this this is a very deceiving minute, folks. Why? How are they dancing around? Are they aerobicizing or are they dancing? How come the restroom is so far away? Is she going to a restroom? How did the killer know she was there? And I, I'll just you know I'll wrap up this minute just with. There was a building I worked at, one of my random day jobs, kind of a depressing thing. Um, it was uh, for Washington Mutual. You remember them? And if you do, you probably don't think of them fondly. Um, they had like a, a compound. No, it wasn't a compound. It was a brace of buildings or something or other in Chatsworth, Northridge. Uh, Chatsworth, I think. Um, and there were like a half a dozen buildings. They always used to be like Great Western Bank or something, but they made them Washington Mutual. And I worked at about a, three or four of the buildings in there. And one of them was kind of like a tall, like 10-story building. All the rest were like two to three, four stories. And I worked on like the fourth floor of one, whatever it was I was doing. And um, the bathroom, men's bathroom was always crowded. And there would be some days where my tummy was bothering me. And so what I do, and I used to do this um, with another job I had too, was I would hop in the elevator and just start visiting other floors. And I discovered that like floor eight was the bathrooms were working, but there was no one there. It was in a state of like, someone will be here soon. So I used to go when I had to use the restroom to floor eight. And so, you know, and so it'd be like, when I'm going to use the restroom, I'm hopping in the elevator, I'm going up four flights, I'm walking halfway across an empty, um, decimated, post-apocalyptic floor, and using their very calm, spacious, and almost always empty bathroom. That could be what she's doing here. She might be like, ooh, I need a little space, and she's going, she's like, I know there's a restroom on this floor, but I'm going to go one more floor, because there's going to be no one there, and... Maybe there doesn't seem to be anyone here anyways, which makes me think it's like the middle of the night or something. Um, but then her friend's in there, and she did say, you almost scared the shit out of me. So I don't know if that means something, and now I'm just getting gross. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to wrap this up. So, so, so the killer knows where she is, and if she is rehearsing for some show or something like that, then she will most likely be returning possibly to this room at some time in the future. 
Well, we're not going to find out in this episode. We're probably not going to find out in the next one either. But, yeah, this was this was episode 9 of Pieces and Pieces. And now we are 32 minutes and 16 seconds in. How many minutes will the next one cover? Again, as always, I don't know. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this minute. There wasn't much to say. I, you know, was, was I scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, here? Possibly. Am I scraping the bottom of the barrel every episode? Possibly, but I hope you're enjoying them, folks. And uh, next time, uh, we will see who Kendall, uh, who the lieutenant wanted Kendall to talk to, and we will meet Mary Riggs. That's her name, right? Tennis player and lady cop. All right. Be good to yourselves, everyone. Be safe. Listen to this. We'll talk next time.